Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of What Do We Call This Podcast. This is your host Kaylin again and today I am joined by the lovely, lovely Elise. Hi. Yeah, that's her voice. (laughs) It's very beautiful. (laughs) And um, let's see, I want to dive into introducing you and I have no clue where to start. (laughs) I guess... I'm trying to, like, think of the timeline. It would be December 2021, and maybe it was January or February 2022 that I tried out your teaser class pack mm-hmm. at Steel & Grace Pole Studio, Premier Pole Studio here in <laughs> Santa Cruz. And um, she's the studio owner, and, I, you know, I tried it out, but I was still living in Moss Landing when I had mm-hmm. first moved out here. Mm-hmm. And then I think I got a phone call from you either right before or right after I moved from Moss Landing to Santa Cruz. And you were like, yeah, so I just wanted to see what your experience was like. And, um, you know, like I wanted to see if you wanted to revisit coming into the studio and everything. And I was like, oh, well, this is actually awesome because I'm going to be living closer by. It was just hard when I was like super far away with traffic and everything. And it's it's history from there. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly, not exactly, but that, that's like my first memory, and then there was also our little phone call after I ended up joining the studio, but I want to hear your perspective on that, and have you share that. Okay, (laughs) well, um, I love that I called you when your teaser pack was done, because that's my goal, is to really, like, get to talk to everybody and be like, how was it, did you like classes, why or why not? Yeah. Um, and as the studio's grown and we have larger impact of students, it's harder for me to do that. Um, yeah. But I really love that, and I love that that was part of what helped invite you back in because Yay. I think sometimes we just need to have a little touch point, you know? Yeah. Um, what we do at the studio is, like, super fun and liberating and free. Um, oh, yes. And it's also kind of scary for people, so <laughs> I think it's important to, like, remember that. So. I'm glad I called you back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember that, though. What I remember is our phone conversations yes. where we went into all sorts of things. And I was like, oh, I like this girl. I like this woman. I like this person. Um, and I think after that was when you took classes with me. I don't yeah. think you took classes with me during the teaser pack, right? I think no. You tried the other. Yeah, and then you kind of dove into S-Factor. Yeah. 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 But yeah, my first memory of you is that phone conversation. Oh and it's funny because I was sitting right here at my desk. Okay. And I don't know if you perused my bookshelf yet. I haven't. I'm excited to, though, after. But I was pulling books out of the bookshelf as we were talking oh. on the phone, going, oh, I think she'd like this one. I think she'd like that one. Oh. Um, so that was really fun. Well, this is a pretty unfiltered podcast, so mm-hmm. do you feel comfortable you know, diving in a little sure. more to what you can remember from the conversation. Are you, are you okay with me sharing of course. Like what you said? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't remember how, the one thing I remember is you were talking about like, well, what can I wear? What should I wear to class? Yeah. And, um, there was just this real, like sweet one in you that felt kind of shy and private that was like, I'm just not ready for my Yoni to be out. <laughs> And I was like, well, your yoni will not be out in class. And (laughs) you got to go with your own, like, whatever feels good to your body. You can wear pants as long as you're not trying to climb a pole. Um, So I remember that was, like, the first thing that I just thought. I was like, wow, you know yourself well. And I think I might have said that. You know your body well, so that's beautiful. Just trust it. 
And then I don't know how we ended up talking about sex and sexuality, and we ended up talking about kink, and then I started, like, yeah. pulling out books that I would recommend for, like, multiple orgasms and tantra education yeah. and kink content and... I don't even know how we got on the topic, but I just remember, yeah. like, oh, that's not typically how I... That's, that's not a typical <laughs> conversation with my, like, first-time students, although sometimes it is. It's yeah. rare, though. And yeah. I, I just, I felt delight around that oh. because, honestly, I, you know, prior to owning the studio, I did a lot of one-on-one, like, um, mentorship work with women, either in groups yeah. or one-on-one uh, private clients, and a lot of it was around sex and sexuality and um, just that relationship that we have with our own bodies and... Right how do we fully know ourselves if we're looking to others to help us discover and how can we reclaim that process? Um, and I don't do that as much. I'm super into kink. I think it's really fascinating, mm-hmm. you know, high sensation experiences in our body and um, this whole idea of power and control and submission and, and just the psychology around that. I'm, I'm super fascinated by it. Um, and I don't really talk about it anymore. Yeah, I've, I've gotten careful because I'm a studio owner I'm a business owner I like represent this larger entity right. now and so I recognize that I've kind of shut some of that part of my teaching I've like tucked it away a little bit yeah and I don't want to anymore I'm actually at a place where I feel really excited to bring that back in and I'm just not yeah. quite sure how like I don't know if it's appropriate to bring it right. into a dance class but like how do I start mm-hmm. bringing that back in so I get to you know, offer that part of what I feel excited about. I get to share with people and still have the studio be the awesome entity that it is. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not me. It's its own entity, mm-hmm. but I represent it. So it's been an interesting journey to, to discover that. And <laughs> I feel excited to be kind of coming back into, I mean, what was it just the other day? Someone was like, Oh, you're going to host a kink workshop at the studio. I'll right. totally come to that. And so I'm like, Ooh, yeah. okay. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> yeah. I know. I remember that, that was at the end of the workshop, right? Mm-hmm. That someone mentioned that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing that and I was like, oh, dang, like I want to, wherever I end up after I'm flying out because that just sounds awesome. And I like the idea of the two worlds. Well, I want to say melding together because I get also having the separation, like you're saying, mm-hmm. like you and the studio and it as an entity and you as yourself, but like you're very much still weaved in it. Like you started it, you know? Totally. Um, and we are, we are exploring our connection with our body yeah yeah. and sexuality is part of our bodies and so to compartmentalize or pull that out I think is actually a disservice yeah um so that's on me I just got scared I think Mm. you know during COVID and stuff it was like let's push as little buttons as possible and just keep this like really accessible and easy for people to you know stay involved in and and so we're kind of over that now (laughs) <laughs> and now you're over five years of owning the studio, and mm-hmm. here we are. I think it'll be a cool, I don't want to say a push, but a new exploration. Yeah. And I think you'll handle it well. Not even just handle it, like, you'll navigate it all very well. And, you know, if there are people who don't feel ready for that yet, or people who are interested but a little wary, like, they'll find it at their own pace. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if it's not forced on anyone, I don't see why it'd be a problem. But I am curious how what other people think about it. Like, have you received any feedback? I've actually gotten some really direct asks lately. There's oh, a okay. there's a strong desire for it. Okay. Oh, I know. I love that. Which is really cool. Ooh. I have a lot of excitement around it actually. That I, I was a good feeling. I was like laying in bed the other night. Whenever <laughs> I'm going to sleep, I kind of like start to process. Like before I go to sleep, I process, and I was like, what would I? 
like what would the content be? Where would I start? Yeah. Who do I want to? Who would I want to speak to? Would it be people that don't oh. know what kink is? Would it be like history foundation? And so yeah. like I started like going through it and yeah, so it's already percolating <laughs> in the creative mind. <laughs> oh my gosh, and you hold such a good space for it too. It, Thank you. I wish I had more words to say regarding that, but there just aren't words for it. You just make everyone feel comfortable. At least mm. that's been my experience. Like I feel like that resonates with like all the people I hang out with outside of S-Factor. Awesome. I feel happy hearing that. Yay. Yay! That's what I want. People to feel safe. (laughs) Yes. Safe and comfortable. Yeah. Well, that's our intro into kind of knowing each other. I I feel like there's so many different things we could talk about, but that's like, I don't want to say elevator pitch, but that's Mm. the little miniature intro Mm -hmm. into how we know one another. Um, And then, so the studio that Elise owns... She also teaches at. She teaches S Factor. Listener, if you haven't heard Interview with a Saucy Dancer yet, go back and listen to that. And we do talk about S Factor a little bit more. But in that episode, you know, we're talking about what S Factor has been for us and exploring dance and everything. And now here we are today for this episode with Elise, who is the one of the instructors for it. Yeah. So it's just fun to like tie it all in and... Yeah. Would you like me to talk at all about S Factor or the if studio? You, does that feel yeah. like, relevant? I, I think it does. Yeah. Um, I know it's like also work for you, but it's something you're very passionate about, so I don't want it to be anything that feels forced. Oh, not no. at all. Okay, it's cool. my passion. It's Yay! My, <laughs> yeah. Yes. It doesn't feel like work, yes. actually. Well, um, yeah. Tell, let the listeners know, because I know not everyone listening is from the studio, mm-hmm. and they might not have any clue. So what would you tell... A stranger on the street with S-Factors, I guess. Yeah. But dive Um, into it as much as you want. Okay, okay. I mean, typically what I say is the, like, simple definition of S-Factor is that it's a movement practice that was originally designed for female-identified folks, Mm -hmm. but available to everyone who wants to explore sensual movement in their body. That's, like, the simple. And then if people go, oh, if they, like, lean in, (laughs) then I'll be like, yeah, it's really incredible. There's a primal body that lives in all of us and for many of us might not have full access to it Mm -hmm. for whatever various reasons. And so through sensual movement, there's a reclamation process of unearthing that primal erotic body. And so what we explore is pleasure-led movement, which basically means like oh my gosh, the inhale that stretched my chest just felt so delicious and like lingering in that stretch. And then the next layer is like emotionally charged. So Mm -hmm. emotionally charged, pleasure-led movement that's really body-centered. So we try, I know, it's all these words which gets us in our head. But (laughs) as you know, when we're in class, there's not a lot of words unless they're guiding you into the body. So I really believe that we live in a culture that highly values intellectual wisdom Mm -hmm. and actually devalues body wisdom, particularly with female Mm -hmm. bodies. Um, So my passion really is creating a space where um, women or anyone who feels a real disconnect from their sexuality gets to have an opportunity to like reconnect with that part of who we are because it's essential. It really is essential. So that's my intro to (laughs) S-Factor. And I found pull through S-Factor because it's one of the movement Mm -hmm. modalities we teach to be able to explore that eroticism and sexuality and also just muscle exertion and different ways of using the body. 
And I fell in love with pole. And I, I actually really liked it. As a trained dancer in contemporary and modern, I found a really different kind of experience in my body physically with pole. Yeah. So um, the creation of... Steel and Grace, our studio was really to merge pole fitness, mm-hmm. um, which is an um, industry that's been around for a long time as well, and then S Factor. And I already had been teaching for many years and had students, so I could kind of bring them over to the studio. And then we've expanded from there. And we've had incredible instructors that have really helped, you know, hold that vision of safe community space for mm-hmm. people to explore and just, you know, a variety of pole modalities. So I love it. I feel excitement and gratitude a lot for, for what we're up to there. And meeting amazing people like you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I Every time I get to hear you explain S-Factor, you just always do it so eloquently. And I, it makes more and more sense every time I hear it. Mm. Um, and I feel like there's always going to be something new that I like take from it whenever I hear you talk about it. Or if I'm like ever YouTubing something. But it just like gets me excited all over mm. again. And that's why I like the workshop this weekend. Like super awesome. Mm. And fun and comforting and just all the wonderful great things that go along with you know healing and exploring ourselves in a very different way that we're not always given the tools Mm. um to do so but yeah I just I know let's see at the end of Saturday June 17th I was thinking about you know oh how can I incorporate this while we're traveling Mm. and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. And yeah, just hearing you explain it just now, like what S Factor is and like, oh, like it's not limited to just being in the studio. I know I can somehow do something for myself while on the road, but if I were to have a goal, which I try to be, you know, somewhat not holding outcomes in mind for people, right? (laughs) Because everyone has their own journey. It's not my place. Mm -hmm. And if I were to have a goal, (laughs) (laughs) it is that the practice that's happening in the studio, the exploration that's happening in the studio starts to build a muscle of just how to be in life in general, Mm. you know? So it doesn't have to be that I have a pole in front of me and I'm wearing this exact item of clothing and now I can feel this part of myself. But like, by connecting with that part in ourselves and like building a strong pathway again where there might not have been total um, resonance or like even perforated connections in our in our being in our bodies that it it goes everywhere with us it just really does become a lifestyle so if I had a goal that would be it yeah although I try not to because I know everyone's got their own journeys (laughs) yeah yeah I feel like that's reasonable and I don't know if she'd be okay with me mentioning her name so I'm not going to but one of the gals that was at the workshop but also did like performance troupe with her and that kind of stuff um on Saturday she had said something along the lines of like you know I really want to make this something that I see impacting my everyday life too Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's just what you touched on and that was really cool I I would say most people well I don't want to say most I don't know whatever anyone else is thinking but um (laughs) the people that I talk to outside of it are like I just see it you know going out into different parts of life and I think your goal not that we want to call it that, <laughs> but for lack of a better word, I guess, I would say you're definitely reaching, you're reaching people in that yeah. regard. Like I've noticed it in myself when I'm shopping for clothes, like that's a big thing that I question, which, you know, there are practical things we need sometimes, but I do question a lot of like, okay, how does this feel on my skin? Mm. And is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could dive into all of that. All of those things. <laughs> and even with work too. 
I yeah. think with work, especially because mm-hmm. when we click into work mode, like we mm-hmm. are really accessing that upper mental, like intellectual wisdom. Um, and sometimes we can become so heady that we disconnect from our bodies while we're working. Yeah. So I actually used to mentor uh, women entrepreneurs, particularly like specifically yeah. around how to keep their sensuality and their connection with that part of themselves alive in their work. It's tricky because yeah. we really, there are different ways that we use our bodies and our minds and present in the world. And totally. there is a way to keep it going. Connect it all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it starts with having that connection first. Right. And then once that's there, I believe that you can't really do something in one part of your life and not right. be doing it in your entire life. So when transformation occurs, it's just transformation has occurred yes. and we might need to build more comfort in other areas like it's kind of easy in the studio you walk in you've got the space yeah. I'm there whoever your instructor is your you know your your friends your classmates there's all this safety and it's like your body's like ha ah, if I want to take the <laughs> volume of my body's voice to 10 I can yeah you know yeah. Maybe not a great idea at the gas station <laughs> or at work but but you, you know we can start to still keep that alive <laughs> just like maybe it's at a two at the gas station. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. And I feel like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like, I know you've been doing, you've been teaching, learning how to teach it and teaching it for eight years. I think it's close to eight now. I'd have okay. to look at like exactly when I did my teacher right. certification, but I think it's around eight. And I, I went to get certified to teach pretty quickly after I found it myself. Okay. So I took my first class and I was like, well, I don't yes, know what yes, that yes. is, but I am going to learn it and teach it to as many people as I can. Like I really oh. felt so called immediately because I had such a, it was such an impactful experience for my mm-hmm. own body. Um, especially being a dancer. Like, well, that's just my own experience, dancer background yeah. or not. But I think because I'd been in my body so much with mm-hmm. movement in other ways that the contrast of then having a movement experience that was so permissive mm-hmm. and so individually led by my body I'd never experienced that before mm-hmm. I mean as, as a dancer I was trained to learn the thing which in a way right. is controlling and pushing the body to get to a goal right. which is its own beautiful thing mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for all the training I had and the experiences that I had but I think having that as my baseline for my body and then going to a class where it was really slow Mm. and someone was talking to me like this and saying, if it feels good, you might want to. And I was like, oh, I get to like (laughs) decide if I want to. It's just so different from my other dance trainings. So I felt really impacted by it. And I was like, this is like the magic ticket. It's the thing that's been missing, you know? And especially because I also did belly dance and folkloric dance and, um, you know, belly dance, we're like undulating and our yeah, yeah. bellies are out and our bodies are out and, and we were performing and we were doing it with this really strong message that we don't want to be seen as sexual objects, which I understand, mm-hmm. like, you know, displaying the female body and being able to have safety yeah. in, in, in sharing our bodies without being objectified, I think is very important. And yet there was such a strong message about desexualizing our bodies that the, mm. the piece of the fact that we actually are, though, yeah, and to be on a stage in front of people shaking our hips yeah. with bare bellies, and it's like, how can we take that away from yeah. the part of who we are? And so yeah. I, I think I feel like it's everything feels more integrated mm. from my experience with S-Factor. Rather than just stripping it away, it's like, no, this is a part of who I am, and how and when do I 
choose to have that part of me come out yeah. with yeah. who and in the world. And, yeah. you know, it just felt like a lot more ownership and wholeness in my own experience of my body. So I think that's why I was so touched. And I was like, oh, this is like mm-hmm. the missing link for so many people. <laughs> let's, let's bring it back in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking about what you mentioned with people applying it to the workplace too mm-hmm. and how, you know, if that is like who you are to the core or it is a part of who you are to the core, like one element of it or of you, then there's got to be some strengths in there too that would aid you in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But then if you're told to like, like out of lost words right I now. I love what you're doing with your hands though. There's yeah. a lot of patting down happening. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, <laughs> you know, push it down or like level it out or like quiet it, I guess, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're losing something that could really be aiding you in the mm-hmm. workplace. And I guess for like women identifying people in particular, if you're being told there's a part of you that needs to be quieted, like how, how would you ever be able to continue to succeed and like surpass mm-hmm. and reach all the different goals that you want to if there's a part of you that you're being told isn't allowed? Yeah. I don't know if that resonates. I mean, I feel like that's kind of totally. just what you were saying. Totally. Yeah. And what I have found over, you know, all these years of dancing and, and working with people is pretty consistently... Women will say, oh my gosh, after the first class, they'll be like exhale, relief, sadness, and rage kind of all at the same time, right? (laughs) And um, I've seen so many people take their hands and go, I feel like I've just been cut off from here down and they'll go right to the belly and from here down, cut off. Mm -hmm. So the way that I like to talk about what this practice could potentially provide is that that cut off Mm -hmm. goes away and there's a true connection that's Mm -hmm. happening. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, I see some, like, emotion yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. What a way to, like, visualize it, too. Mm. Mm. And then once that connection is there, we get to explore, like, how loud we want to be, right? Yes. <laughs> and so what I've often seen is all of a sudden women are like, oh, my gosh, there's, like, this, <laughs> you know, huge freedom. And then they're like, I was walking down the street and someone yelled something at me. And it's like... Yeah, you're lit up right now. It's going to happen, right? <laughs> and so then the oh, conversations no. around. Yeah. So then we talk about modulating, right? Like the two yeah. versus the ten. And my again, my hope is that once the cutoff is, mm-hmm. is healed and there is like a wholeness in the relationship within our own beings, the cutoff never happens again. We just get to choose how loud we are outside of ourselves based on the spaces we're in in the world. And right. so I do really like to teach about you know modulating that Mm -hmm. essence within us because it's there are places where it is not safe for us to be at a 10 unfortunately but if we cannot cut off again yeah that'd be awesome yeah just (laughs) modulate instead i have a really distinct memory of this where i was actually in san francisco Mm -hmm. i was out at an event Um, my girlfriends wanted to stay i was done i was like "I, i need to leave Way too many drugs and alcohol for me. I'm like, I've got to get out of here. <laughs> and it was late. It was like 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, am I going to walk, walk by myself back to the hotel in San Francisco? Yeah. You know? So I did yeah. a whole assessment of like where I was, the area I was in. And just the fact that there's fear there, you know. Right. I mean, it's it, so. It speaks for itself a lot. Yeah. And I, I called on the modulation thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do it. It feels safe. And I'm going to be really aware yeah. of how I'm moving. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, don't wiggle your ass. 
don't shake your hips. (laughs) Scarf goes up around the head, you know, shoulders um, down and back and very, very square and focused and super alert. So that's very different than if I had like had my jacket open and like I might have been with my girlfriends, like safety and numbers. Right. Mm -hmm. But that was one of a very distinct moment where I was like, this is modulation. This is what you're teaching. This is what you're learning. Like this is the time to do it. Yeah. So anyways, we could, I could talk about this for hours. Oh, I could too. (laughs) I'm happy for it to go that way. I, it was funny um, before coming here, my partner was all, do you think you guys are actually going to record for up until you go to class? I was like, well, probably not. Like, that would be kind of exhausting. But, like, I'd be happy to, you know, <laughs> talk for hours about it and even hang out after. Like, I know her and I both could, like, go on and on. And he's like, that's not a bad thing. And I was like, no, you're you're right. You're yeah. right. But, um, yeah, no. Feel free to dive into it. I have questions for you, too. But there's no yeah. rush whatsoever. Well, whatever you want to do, yeah. I'm just, I'm here to yeah. respond to what arises in the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of the vibe I like for this. Yeah, I, I feel like it's comforting to listen to, like, as someone who does listen to a lot of podcasts, it, like, I like listening to this, it's comforting, like, mm. you know, conversations, it feels like you're with someone in the room. Yeah. Um, but I did want to loop back to the modulation aspect that you're talking mm-hmm. about, and what you had told this is, it's like all flooding back to me from the first workshop I did with you over a year ago now, and that would have been 2022. Yeah. Was it still around June that you did that? Is it always? I feel like I was doing it around the new year a lot mm. because I thought it was a fun way to oh, <clears> kind of, as yeah. we're entering into thinking, you know, we have these benchmarks culturally and we, most of us Right. go by them and it's like an assessment and evaluation and yeah, I'm like let's yeah. talk about the erotic body while we're assessing our lives <laughs> and ourselves so I think I've often done it in like January or early February okay and I did it this time because there was I haven't led it in a while and there was right. a high desire and you're getting ready to move and I honestly did it for you <laughs> I was like I don't want Kay- Kaylin to miss it we've got to do it before she goes I remember like texting you and I was like are you getting you kind of talked about it. I'd love to, but no pressure. But um, I literally planned it around the only two Saturdays you had free before leaving town. <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful. I remember talking to Amber about, like, are you going to go? And she's like, no, I'm not going to be able to make it. But, like, you know, I remember last year, and that was kind of the first time her and I had met, and mm. we were just reflecting on how much has... I don't want to say changed, but, you know, like, shifted from when we both have started our own S-Factor journeys, mm-hmm. and it just feels so special. It really is. But, yes, the modulation thing you're talking about, um, in the first workshop that I had come to, I remember you mentioning at the end, um, mm. flatlining, mm. and, like, wearing, you know, if you want to wear, like, some kind of, like, bra that feels good on you, or, like, you like the color of it or the material, but then wearing something over you that kind of neutralizes it, like a big Mm button-up shirt or something, Mm -hmm. and that um, I resonate with a lot, and I feel that those two are pretty similar. I don't... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Mm -hmm. is that kind of... Yeah, yeah, and this is something I learned from Sheila Kelly. She's my mentor and the Mm -hmm. person who created S-Factor, so she talks a lot about um, flatlining as a way to have your presentation out into the world be less radiant when you don't want to have the attention. So Mm -hmm. a hoodie, a sweatshirt, (laughs) a long sleeve shirt, something like that, you know, or, or what you need to wear to your job. Mm -hmm. 
and everyone's different, so I don't want to default to like the easy thing, like, oh, you have silk panties mm-hmm. on under your, you know, camis that you have to wear when you're hiking through the forest or whatever, because it might not be silk panties that are as exciting to you. So whatever it is for your body, which is part of what we get to learn in this process too. But um, yeah, and I, I know I have days sometimes, like today I'm wearing a sundress. It's warm. Yay. I I love it when I wear sundresses. Yeah. I think I feel different when I'm in sundress. There's mm-hmm. more skin exposed. I get to enjoy the elements. And and the heads turn. Yeah. And if I were to put a sweater on over the sundress, mm-hmm. heads would not turn. Yeah. And so I have days where I'm like, I don't really want the attention. Yeah. Or I don't feel yeah. like that right now. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I'm not still connected to my radiance within myself. Of course. And just like, I'm going to hold all that yumminess inside right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so flatlining is a really great thing to do. And, and oftentimes we do do that at work. Yeah. And just so you know, right now under the table, I'm rubbing my ankles together. So I'm I'm always having kind of a Uh, some kind of body experience, (laughs) and we all do. But like I'm I'm remembering, oh yeah, we're doing this thing right now, and I'm still in my body, even though I'm talking about we're talking about it in the in the mind, right? Of course, yeah. So a couple little pointers for those who are listening that want to. Have it at Tune work. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in. What are you doing with your body right now? Totally. Or what do you notice about the breeze across your neck? Mm-hmm. That's something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who exactly. knows what they're experiencing right now? Uh, I wonder if this is like, I don't know if it's a controversial thing to say or not, but what you're talking about, like the days where you're not wanting to feel that attention as much versus like you do or, you know, like you're more, you'd be more receptive to it or less like anxious about it if you experienced that mm-hmm. obviously cat calling is not ever something that's okay totally but then also recognizing well I don't want to say but then like not making an excuse for cat calling because I would say cat calling and then humans being social creatures mm-hmm. and sexual beings are like I would say two different things where it's like, okay, you notice this person is very attractive mm-hmm. and my head's turning because, oh, wow, like her skin looks so beautiful and that's unjust. You know what I mean? Like, it's different than nice legs, yeah, babe. Yeah, exactly. Where I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And I will also say I've had experiences. I had one experience in particular, I remember, I, and I had just come back from S-Factor retreat. So like four days immersed with Sheila mm-hmm. Kelly, with my, you know, other t- teaching, dancing sisters and Yay. I just was like Wah. <laughs> and again it was summer I was wearing a sundress okay and I was in Costco I think I might have even been like with my dad taking him shopping or something and mm-hmm. I walked past another woman mm-hmm. and she saw me and turned and her shoulders collapsed forward uh, and that's the thing that sometimes yeah. when we're really lit up there's this thing that can happen like and I just wanted to like reach out and be yeah. like you're so beautiful. Hi. Like I just, and it just was like not, she was not available for that. And she was a stranger in Costco. So even that sometimes, Mm -hmm. and this is, you know, not that I want to dim my light so others are comfortable. My desire is that all of us shine our light bright. And I know ultimately when one person shines bright, it gives someone else the opportunity and permission to also shine bright. Exactly. So that's, that's my desire with that. And Sometimes I just don't feel like people seeing me. Oh, yeah. Shy, shy days. Yeah, of course. <laughs> or unsafe environments or yeah. whatever, right? Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's always fun to recognize that after we do our warm-ups, I always have like, well, I guess if we're going to apply it specifically to what we're going to do later in the free dance class, mm-hmm. um, 
I never know what I'm going to be feeling until after doing the warm up. Oh. So I never want to go into it being like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be like this because it just like makes me panicked. Um, <laughs> Which is also, I will lovingly say, not very body led. <laughs> no, exactly. It's, a, it's an agenda from the mind. So I love that when you go through the warm up and then you're connected with your body yeah. and oh, this is what wants to happen. Yeah. More likely, this is what wants to happen. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's so much easier. Like some, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel <clears throat> tender today. And then others, I'm like, oh, I want to do a strip tease. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I love it. I love it. It's so um, sweet. Yeah, it's fun to hear everyone else's, like, uh, song selection process leading mm. up to it. People, like, have this idea of, I want to do this song, and then I'm like, oh, I sometimes I feel like I tie way too much to one particular song, so I need to, like, have a flavor of them ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I You're said. Like, what, what essence do I want to play with now? Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. That's just a random little what? tangent I had about that. Um, but I do want to interview you. Okay, let's do it. What yeah. else? Do you, what do you got? These, I, these are just questions. Okay, so we talked a lot about you as an S-Factor teacher and, or instructor, teacher instructor, and, you know, as a studio owner and that kind of stuff, but I wanted to do stuff that's more personal and, mm. like, you and I have had a lot of great conversations. Yeah. Not on record, like, this is the first time we're interviewing you and everything, but these are more personal and just, you know, I want people to have a little slice of who you are mm. and whatever you're comfortable sharing, more from, like, a, I'd say, friendship standpoint. Yeah. I feel a friendship I feel like with friends you. with you, too. Yeah. I mean, we were roommates. We were roommates. We had a... <laughs> I was like looking, oh yeah, anyways, I was like, I, f- I would feel comfortable sharing the room with Caitlin. We're going to do that. And I loved that time with you. It was really sweet. Oh, it felt very special. I remember like coming back after and telling Zach like, oh, we got to share a room. And it was so like cozy and comfortable. Awesome. Um, I felt the same way. Yeah. Oh, uh, no one else is going to know what we're talking about. Oh, but... shared a room where? What are they up to? <laughs> yeah, we um, went to the Pulse Wait, what is it called? Pole Sport Organization competition back in March. And Elise and one of the other instructors at the studio talked about doing like a competition team for the studio, like affiliated with the studio. And there were, how many of us were there? Nine brave souls (laughs) said yes to going to a like international pole competitors event it was so phenomenal I was so touched by all of you can I brag about you for a minute sure (laughs) so this group said yes to going to competition I have been I've been a dancer for years I have never done a competition Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of you guys for just being like sure I'm gonna see what they have to say about what I'm doing and then you created your own pieces you had all of your own inspiration and creativity and themes and characters it was so so cool so yeah there was nine and it happened to be in San Francisco this particular competition and so I got a big house Airbnb house and we all went up for the weekend so that's when Kayla and I shared a room (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for the context. Yeah, I was so like, oh, I wasn't even prepared to talk about this today. Oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> Thank you for saving me there. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a great time. It was fun just like being in the room with everyone. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, the like Airbnb with everyone and mm-hmm. going there together and just watching everyone and all the other team or um, studios too. 
the way everyone dances. It was like 12, different. how many hours a day? It was so much pole dancing. I oh, literally yeah. was dreaming. Like I was in, my body was like integrating <laughs> and processing it all in the, in dreamland. I would wake up another, like three nights in a row afterwards. Like, oh, wow. I had more pole dreams. <laughs> it was pretty amazing to sit and just watch yeah. like dancer after dancer after dancer mm-hmm. and such variety and like creativity and I just thought it was so cool. Yeah. Different ages, all different ages. Yeah. You know, different genders. It was just so cool yeah. to see that. I really love how pole is in the world right now. Like yeah. I think it's it's much more accepted. So creative. It's really fun. But yeah, I was dreaming I was dreaming pole dancing for days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot. I wanna say did it did the actual pieces start at nine AM? Saturday and Sunday, and then go until like five or six. I think so. Yeah, it was a good amount for sure. Yeah, that's not twelve hours. It's eight or nine hours. It's still a lot to watch. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. Okay. Well, yeah, that was our little tangent on why we shared a room. <laughs> I'm like, wait, we should share that <laughs> context here. <laughs> um, but let's dive into the interview questions. Okay. Um, I'm going to go down the list, I think. Yeah, this is good order. Who was your first crush slash love? Oh, so you sent me this question in text a few <laughs> days ago. <laughs> and I was like, who was my first crush? Like actual crush. Yeah. And this is going to sound silly, but I, I really do think it was like kindergarten. That's not silly. There was this boy. Cannot remember who, he, <laughs> what he looks like, his name. But I remember when we would go to the library for story time that I always wanted to hold his hand because we had to hold hands with somebody to get Aww. to like walk to the library. <laughs> and that when I got to hold his hand, I was excited. And then that meant we might sit together too. I mean, <laughs> kindergarten, right? Story time in the library. But I just, the, the feeling of like apprehension and excitement and like <laughs> that's what having a crush feels like, right? Yeah. 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 So... Thank you, sweet boy in kindergarten. You held my hand. <laughs> Helped me feel the very first feelings of yeah desire and interest, you know, for connection with another being. <laughs> I, I love that that's what really sticks with you is, like, how strong the feelings were. Because it is scary when you're, like, first learning what that is as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, your parents tease you about, like, oh, do you have a, a boyfriend? Uh-huh. And that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was cute. Um, <clears throat> who was your first love then? Yeah, love is different. It is. My first love. I think that my first like big love mm-hmm. was the man I was engaged to. We ended up not getting married. We are still really good friends. Yeah. And I, I loved people before him, but there was something mm-hmm. about him where the first time I saw him, I stopped in my tracks <laughs> Like, oh, it's him. So weird. Oh, wow. It was like this otherworldly, like, like it was that, like, oh, it's him. Oh. And, then, and I remember where he was. I remember what he was wearing. I remember what he was doing. <laughs> I remember what, where I was, what I was doing. And I was yeah. just so taken by him. And then I saw his partner and newborn baby mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. And so he was with somebody and he had a, a new child. And uh, we ended up becoming friends. Yeah. Because we shared uh, kind of overlapped in our in our work so we'd have overlaps sometimes in my work we ended up seeing each other off and on for about four years and then Mm -hmm. lived together very seriously for five years and at that time 
you know, was engaged and I just was like, I never wanted to have children as bad as I did when I was with him. It was just this really interesting, it felt like almost otherworldly. So I have loved, I loved before that, but I think he, there was just something so special about that experience. And I'm so grateful that we're still friends. And we, you know, I met him when I was probably like 22. I'm I'm 47 now. So, you know, I grew up with him in my life as a friend or a lover or a partner. Um, We had some really good times and some really hard times and ended up not getting married nor having those babies together. But I'm super, super grateful for him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like that otherworldly love that you like, came to recognize after, like, first seeing him, like, has that changed your perspective on love moving forward with new Mm. relationships and connections, whether romantic or within friendships? Like, how, do you, do you feel that you compare it, or do you just, it's just different? I don't compare it, no, I haven't. I haven't compared it, actually, that's Mm -hmm. a good question. I mean, it's just interesting reflection. You know, he said to me once, he was like, oh, well, this was just our dance in this lifetime. He's like, I have mm-hmm. a feeling we'll be like in a Moroccan spice market at some point again. Or like, it, yeah. so I don't, I don't know. I don't know about multiple <laughs> lifetimes. I don't, you know, right. It's all yeah. just ideas. And sometimes right. we grab onto things that feel good, but it really does feel like that kind of connection that is, it, it was just special. Yeah. It is just special. Yeah. Like he has a special place like on a soul level Mm. in our connection so I so I don't think it's changed my idea of love yeah I did feel a lot of devotion from him that was devotion to you to me and to the relationship and devotion within himself like I feel like what he what love meant to him in terms of how he wanted to be as a man Mm. and how he wanted to be with me I liked that feeling. Yeah. I mean, it didn't play out super healthy. That's why we're not married and not together. Like, there was some shit that happened. Of course, of course. <laughs> that was not fabulous stuff, you know. So it's. I also learned a lot about, like, having that otherworldly connection and mm-hmm. seeing his devotion and seeing how much he valued our connection and that that was important to him for him and that he brought that value to our connection. Like, that yeah. felt really good. And yet the connection, like, there was things that happened that was yeah. just like, ugh, this is actually not the kind of life I want to have on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. However, feeling that from him was so grounding. And so that is something that, like, I want to have that. Yeah. I, I want to have that again where there's not a question. Yeah, yeah. Like, does this person want to be with anybody? Does this person want to be with me? Because I have had relationships yeah. like that where I was just like, I don't know why they're You're here confused. with me right now. Yeah. I'm not sure where they're, where they're like, true line is hmm. in themselves. Yeah. One or with me. And so I have had some of that where it's just, I feel a little, I feel some confusion and like, right. I don't want that in yeah. my love. You want to I don't know. want confusion in my love. Yeah. Yeah. So he did show me what that is like and I feel really grateful for that. I feel like that's, a, I mean, there's probably a lot of great things you can learn from a relationship, but like being able to recognize what it's like to just like know, I feel like is pretty damn important. Yes. And I feel like that's a good thing to like, you have that calibration kind of, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for answering that. Yeah. This one, not as deep, but I feel like it's a fun thing to giggle about. Um, Tell us about your first kiss. Oh my God, I remember it so clearly. (laughs) Okay, may I paint the picture? Yes, of course. Okay, his name is Doug. (laughs) Tall, dark hair, mustache. (laughs) Oh my gosh, mustache. And I lived at that time in the Central Valley. Mm -hmm. And we lived in like 
I don't remember if it's his neighborhood or my neighborhood. I think he was walking me home. Old neighborhood, so that like they had big, huge trees. So there was like a lot of shade. You know, the Central yeah. Valley can be hot. Of course. Um, but there's all this shade, you know, under the trees. And we were in the neighborhood. And the mustache thing was weird. And like, I remember the like, you know, you see you see things in the movies and you think you know what it is. And then it happens and you're like, oh, I didn't think about the taste of someone else's saliva. Like, yeah. There were things that surprised me. And then the mustache, you know. But we, we were like, my hands were like over his neck and his hands were around my waist. And we were like swaying and like going around in a circle, you know. <laughs> it was like that. While you were kissing? While we were kissing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I remember like the saliva and the tongue and the mustache, and I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. Yeah. But I did it. I had my first kiss, and I thought I was in love, and it was exciting. <laughs> but in the moment, I was like, this is weird. <laughs> it was so exhilarating, though. I was thrilled. I'd done this thing. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could remember how old I was. <laughs> I, the first time I had sex, I was quite young. Mm-hmm. And so the kiss, I was probably like 12 or 13. Okay. The kiss. I'm, yeah. gu- I'm guessing. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was young. But I was old enough to be like aware of that. Yeah. But now, as a 47-year-old woman, I'm like, oh my God, 12? <laughs> 12-year-olds should not be kissing. So it's interesting. That's just what... That's when that happened in my in my world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, it's so fun to like think back to it all. It's mm-hmm. like funny. I have never heard someone else put into words like think the stuff that isn't talked about in the movies like someone else's saliva. Mm-hmm. And that is something that like still to this day like if there's something <laughs> this is so mean sounding. <laughs> this is not against anyone. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> but if there is someone that I <laughs> have, like, kissed in the past and then, like, instantly recognize, like, oh, that's funky, I'm not enjoying that just because it's someone else's saliva. It was, yeah. like, it was a hard no. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're like, nope, your whole, that's your body saying, yeah. nope, this yeah. is not a good match. <laughs> not good chemistry here. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Funny stuff, man. We take it so seriously and then there's, like, uh, so much else throughout life that we experience and it's like, wow, first kiss, like, yeah. That wasn't that serious. Right. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember, like, did we kiss again? Was it the beginning of something? I don't remember. Yeah. But I do, re- I distinctly remember the kiss and the mustache and the trees and the spinning around in the street. In the middle of the street in broad daylight. Yeah. It was like that. an after school walk home situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I love that. That's sweet. Aww. I always really... This is interesting. It's just arising. Yeah. May I share? Of course. Go for it. Yeah. I was always really desiring connection mm. with mm. boys. Mm. Yeah. And I don't... I am curious, like, where... If that was just, like, my natural instincts was mm. to connect or, you know, my dad wasn't around. I lived just with my mom maybe, and I didn't have any men in my life. So right. maybe it was, like, wanting just, just to feel that kind of, like, Different polar opposite. Yeah. Maybe because I didn't have a lot of examples of romantic love relationships, I was mm-hmm. kind of interested in them. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to reflect on that some. But even the like hand holding in kindergarten, like there was always a real desire, you know. Yeah. I think I was exposed. My, like my parents both had partners, so I was exposed yeah. to them. Yeah. In love relationships, um, 
So maybe that was part of what just like sparked my interest. But because thinking about the kiss with Doug then reminds (laughs) me of like band camp. Yes, I went to band camp. I played flute and piccolo junior high all the way through high school, and we won lots of trophies. Our band was awesome. Um, (laughs) But I went to band camp, and there was a guy there too. And I remember like, oh, I just like that boy, the skater boy with the like blonde hair that flipped to the side. (laughs) This was the '90s, Um, (laughs) and. I remember the angst yeah. of, like, I don't know if he likes me back. And then, like, I'm just going to try and get near him as much as I can. Like, I just remember <laughs> there was so much yeah. around that. Yeah. It's interesting. The, like, nervousness of it. And yeah. you're not, like, your parents don't want to teach you. It's a, That's a funny thing to want to, like, teach your kids, I guess, because you want them to stay babies forever, I would I imagine. Know. And, like, a part of, like, see, seeking that connection with someone romantic is just, like, so the opposite of that because then that leads to like a loss of innocence with like mm. exposing yourself to a love that is a different type of love than from your parents you know what mm. I mean right yeah my mom was really an amazing mom she is an amazing she's still with us so I don't mean like was like she's not anymore or gone <laughs> she's very much with us I get to go hiking with her tomorrow I'm so Yay! excited but she bought me this book I remember it it was a hardback fuchsia mm-hmm. dark pink and it was something like, I still have it actually in storage. She saved it for me. Yay. I, I, I'm going to go back and read it. But yeah. it was something like my body, something about my body. She was very, very educational with me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. around body parts. There was no. Like nicknaming. Down there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I knew what that I had a vulva. I knew yeah. I had a vagina. I understood, you know, what sex was yeah. from a biological, physical standpoint. Yeah. Um, and she bought me this book that was like a journal and it had all these prompts in it. And mm-hmm. it was, I think I was probably around nine or 10 when she bought it. So just before puberty so that you can kind of like questions like what's happening right. with your body and like, like when do you start growing hair on your body? <laughs> and like she taught, I remember her talking to me about shaving and like, I actually don't want you to shave and yeah. some women do shave and it's because they want to look a certain way. And yeah. I don't want you to have to do that yet. And then I remember the first time I shaved and her teaching me and her like teaching me about putting in a tampon when Mm -hmm. it was time for that. And she was very open with me. So I feel super, super grateful that Mm -hmm. there wasn't any big surprises about my body or my sexuality because my mom was very educational um, with me. And she just knew that that was part of what I needed to know about, you know? So I feel very happy about that. Yeah. I'll make sure to give her some appreciation tomorrow when I see her now yeah. that I'm remembering. <laughs> yeah, that's that's special. Yeah. Not everyone gets that. Mm-mm. Or they'll get quite the opposite. Yeah. In fact. Yeah. yeah. That's a good reminder. And listener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like to shout them out every now and then. If that was something you didn't experience growing up, like, you're safe here now. Mm. And there are plenty of resources out there that can seek out and whatnot to I guess move forward with it (laughs) I wish I had a more profound way to say that but yeah yeah it's beautiful just acknowledging that everyone has had different experiences yeah so important yeah Yeah. my mom was also very good about not leaving any surprises so Mm -hmm. it's lovely to like listen to that and reflect back on it too from like my childhood like Mm -hmm. I remember friends that did have the surprise and didn't know and then like I was the one explaining it as like a kid that still is like figuring it out but like yeah it's important to let everyone know what's gonna happen yeah. <laughs> with their bodies it's yeah. so it's so scary too yeah. there's so much more that we 
as women <laughs> experience from a much younger age right. and like learn about it and stuff that arises that <laughs> I feel like a lot of boys, like boys are still going through their fair share of trouble, but it's just such a totally different experience. Mm -hmm. Well, because we have our cycles, that whole yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I, there was a lot of hype around like preparing me for me having my period, yeah. my cycle yeah. when that was going to happen. And so I remember one year it was April fools. Okay. And I went into my mom's room and I woke her up, mom, mom, <laughs> I started my period and she was like, really? She was so excited oh. and she like wanted to make sure I had pads and it was April. I was doing an April <laughs> fools on her. I felt so bad afterwards because oh, she no. was so excited. And then when I actually did start bleeding, mm -hmm. I was like really vulnerable. I felt super oh, shy. No. Like You I never told her April fools? No, no, I did. Oh, okay. oh, no, no, I did. And I just, but I felt so embarrassed. Right. And I felt and, like, kind of after. bad. Yeah. Like I felt a little guilty because she was so excited for me. And I was like, oh, mom, I'm, it was an April fools. Yeah. So then when I actually did start bleeding, I was, um, I just felt I didn't feel that excited because mm. it was now this thing was happening with my body. And even yeah. though I'd been told about it, just like I'd been told about kissing, that saliva was weird. <laughs> Bleeding was weird too. And I felt kind of nauseous and my body was hurting and I oh. felt vulnerable. And yeah. so I did go to her, mm -hmm. but it was not at all the like enthusiastic right, announcement yeah. that the April Fool's was. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it's different too. You hadn't actually like started your period when you did the April Fool's joke, and then when you actually like see it for the first time, mm -hmm. you know, no matter how amazing your mom was with like preparing you for it and like making sure it sounds like there wasn't like shame around it either. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. Like you're growing up in society, and you probably still did hear like external influence that you know wasn't from home about stuff that did shame it you know mm -hmm. so it's like and I was the first one of my friends group and I yeah. you know developed faster <laughs> I was the only one with breasts within my group yeah. and it wasn't exciting because mm -hmm. I was I was othered for it you know oh. because I had breasts and they didn't and I yeah. was having my period and they weren't yet and it yeah. was it was an interesting experience. I, I was much more shy about it than mm. I thought I would be Yeah. when I was Given, looking yeah. forward to growing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then I was in it and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bleeding and my body feels oh, weird. Or yeah. like, I have breasts and none of my friends do. And mm -hmm. everyone's like, she develops quick. She's a fast one. Or like, there was all this stuff around Yeah, weird it. stuff that you hear that you're like, mm, Yeah, I felt a little othered. And yeah. I was like, so I just got shy, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah. It's okay. That's okay. I got myself now. Yeah, you do. But it was not happy. It wasn't like as celebratory right. as I thought it would be. Yeah. And I think that that can happen with our bodies, right? Like yeah. it did not. I I could not have anticipated my friends othering othering you. me, mm -hmm. and it was probably because whatever you know, however they were ideas they well, had about right. their bodies, or I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, that was that. Yeah. <laughs> that was that experience. Oh. <laughs> So I'm so grateful to have embodiment practices like I do to Yay. reclaim those moments. Yeah, that's really, good. Yeah, feel whole in myself now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, next question. Yeah. <laughs> um, what impression do you think you give someone when you first meet them? Oh. Now, there might be different contexts for that, mm -hmm. but I guess just whatever first comes to mind. I'm not sure. My hope... <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> My hope is that... I'm friendly yeah. and warm. I've been told by my family that I'm really funny. 
I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think those would be the main the main things. I'm also can be very direct and a little fiery, so I guess it depends on who I'm interacting with and okay. what the context is. Okay. When do you feel like you've met someone for the first time and felt more fiery? Never for the first time. Okay. Just like when you're... Just That's more when I know people more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was like, I wonder yeah. what context that would be in. Like if it was more of a businessy situation, but even then... Yeah. It's more personal. I think yeah. my fire comes out when I feel more <laughs> vulnerable. It's like and part like, of my, okay. like, if there's a protection thing that comes up. Mm. Okay. Or if I feel like a boundary's been crossed or... A value yeah. that I hold is being challenged yeah then that's when that fiery comes out so I guess the question wasn't that's not applicable to the question no, no, no that's okay though <laughs> the question can you read me the question again oh, of course well I mean it's mostly just to elicit like that self-reflection and yeah yeah um what impression do you think you give someone when you first meet them I have been told that I can be aloof. Interesting. I don't know that that's as true with where I'm at at this stage and phase in my life. Perhaps when I was younger, maybe. Hmm. But I was never aloof intentionally to, like, ice people out. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that I um, am shy. And I I think I'm one of those, like, slow to warm personalities like when I was younger especially I would want to be in a space for a while and kind of assess like who was there and Mm -hmm. what the vibe was and then I would kind of start to come out yeah Yeah. I don't think that's as true now you feel more comfortable just like I think going into it as you are I think so and I just I mean honestly owning the business and having done like workshops and mentorship programs and i feel like I have a lot of visibility now at this time in my life. Yeah. And so because of that, I've just gotten, I think, more comfortable being in spaces and in my own energy yeah. and not needing to assess quite as much from a social standpoint. That makes sense. Know? Yeah. Like thinking like, oh, what parts of like, or not thinking as much about like what parts of myself and I going to be comfortable like sharing with as opposed to just really embodying like really all of you mm-hmm. yeah yeah I feel like that comes with just like growing up in general too like if you were saying you were told you were aloof when you were younger it's like you want to assess if you're safe or not because that's what we're told growing up mm-hmm. especially like as gals yeah yeah a lot of safety precautions yeah. put on this <laughs> body of mine as I grew up for sure so I think assessment makes sense yeah yeah and I still do it now but it's not the same Mm -hmm. like there's a trail by my house which I love there's one trail that that hugs up in the hills along the neighborhood overlooks the bay okay and if I'm alone I'll walk that trail Mm -hmm. there's another trail that goes down deeper into the forest yeah and if I'm alone I don't walk that trail that's like the assessment thing right so I think when I was younger I was still learning to figure out yeah you were just this person, and this thing, yeah. yeah. And now I just, I feel more comfortable in the world. I feel mm-hmm. more confident, and I have more trust in myself that I can like assess yeah. things better. And I don't actually think it's that scary anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I was just raised with a lot of precaution around my body yeah. and around being a woman and what that meant, mm-hmm. which I think is part of why the work I do was so impactful for me because I had that upbringing. So much apprehension mm-hmm. that you're like, is everything safe? Is everything out. okay? Is everything? Yeah. Oh, it's a lot of yeah. energy to be like that. So I feel much yeah. more comfortable in the world and trusting in myself. And so I don't think that happens anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. No, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one. 
When was the last time you felt really loved? It can be romantically or friendship-wise or however you interpret that mm -hmm. or all of it. You can mm -hmm. answer it in the different ways that you want. I think today, actually, oh. I was on a phone call with a girlfriend of mine. I've known her probably 20 years. Okay. So, and we've, you know, come, been more close mm -hmm. and less close, just like, you know, as life happens. Yeah. She has a daughter that, you know, so she's had times where she's been really focused on parenting and I've right. had time, you know, but we've been known each other for a very long time. I was just sharing something with her that felt hard emotionally, yeah. like challenging emotionally around something that had happened with a couple of other girlfriends. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I typically have very useful relationships with women. Yeah. I really love connecting with women. And there's been a couple of things that have come up with some of my really dear oh, close no. friends lately Yeah, <clears throat> that has just led to us having emotional conversations like right. needs weren't being met and mm -hmm. you know thank goodness I have relationships with women that are like let's yeah, want to have it. a conversation yeah. about this and I'm like yes let's have a conversation yeah I was just feeling so tender about it mm. and I was talking to her and her, just her solid presence and her mm. compassionate heart and her like you're okay <laughs> even if something you did made someone mad yeah. like I love you <laughs> She's like, oh, thank you. You know, sometimes <laughs> it just feels good to get that from the outside. Oh, of course. You know? of yeah. Course. So just today with one of my sweet girlfriends. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Thanks. I love it. I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> That's funny to like, oh, it's so easy to, I don't, maybe it's not easy. I guess it depends on the person, but I guess from my perspective, it's so easy to like be hard on ourselves when something is brought up that like oh this upset me about what you did mm -hmm. to like not beat ourselves down for like oh man like I'm not as great of a person or like this or that like it's nice to have people that are like okay yeah maybe that thing was like pretty shitty but like you're a human being and I still love you even if that thing sucked <laughs> yeah it felt That's good important. to hear that I mean yeah. I have that voice within myself and even oh, with yeah. the friend where the thing came up, I had, you know, we had a really beautiful conversation yeah, and we yeah. came back into connection and I said to her, I said, you know, I really value having a lot of grace and compassion for mm -hmm. ourselves and each other. And like, yeah. I might mess up sometimes right. or like you might and she not might get exactly yeah. what you needed from our connection mm -hmm. sometimes. And yeah. thank you for telling me and I'm doing my best and mm -hmm. I would like to have grace and compassion between us if that's available, of you know, course, like that just yeah. feels important to me. So, yeah. and she was like, yes, yes, yes. And so it's all good. Of it was just yeah. tender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then to share it with someone else and for them to just be like, oh, that's a lot, honey. Yeah. I love you. You're like, I'm sorry that, that happened. Yeah. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, I can mother myself. I oh, feel that feels like mothering, nurturing energy, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But man, it's nice to get it from the outside, right? Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's validating and not that like that should be the only reason you're seeking it out, but it's important mm -hmm. and... I think it probably, obviously, this is so out of context, like what I'm, I don't have context as to what you're talking about, but mm -hmm. I would say it's pretty applicable. Like there's always two sides to every story, regardless of what it was. Mm -hmm. And like your friendship is so special that you two were able to like have that constructive conversation. And yeah. it's like, oh, it's lovely when two people are able to like recognize that with one another and recognize like the value in that friendship. Mm -hmm. And like carry it forward and have that hard conversation because I feel like there are a lot of people who just yeah. don't. Yeah. And then, you know, there's like obviously other situations like someone might be being really threatening or really this and mm -hmm. it's like, oh, okay, here's a time where I'm going to set a boundary and like distance myself and like that's okay too. Totally. But, 
Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very grateful. She actually was like, you know, I'm only, I'm only telling you that it didn't feel good because yeah. I love you so much and I care about this. Right. I was like, yes, of course. Yeah. Thank you. I know it's good. <laughs> yeah. And then of course, like all things typically do boil down to some really core yeah. aspect within us that's <laughs> needing something or not getting met or, and you know, and oh, I yeah. love yeah. that we were able to, you know, she, like you know, what her it, thing yeah. was and what my thing was and they totally got activated in our interaction and it's like oh look at that we just learned so much more about each other and yeah. got to deepen and yourselves yeah 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 oh so. friendships I feel like just get more and more complicated but it makes them that much more special yeah it's a weird thing to navigate to like growing up I don't know if this resonates at all but just like recognizing what your different types of friendships are too mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big thing I've been having to like balance doesn't feel like the right word but that's what I'm doing with my hands mm-hmm. it's like it's more of just like a recognition of okay this friendship is only just now starting out but it feels that much more like connected whereas this other friendship I've had for however many years and you know similar thing you know you weave in and out in that mm-hmm. sort of situation but it's a weird thing to like not take so dang personally when really mm. we're all just trying to figure it out. Know. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so true. Oh, yeah. It's a weird balance. We're complex beings. We really we're are. Magical complex beings. We are. <laughs> well, that that's a follow up question, I guess I have to mm-hmm. our friendship conversation since that's the direction we're going. But yeah. like, what's your one piece of advice or your few pieces of advice for navigating friendships? That it's not, you said this friend you've had for like 20 years, is that what you're saying? Well, not the one that I had some <laughs> the one you talked with, to. but the one that was like, I just love you, I'm sorry, that was hard, everything's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, how, how, hmm, what's the best way to phrase this? Mm-hmm. What's your advice for like continuing to nurture that for so long for like that particular friendship? Or like, how do you, that's one aspect of it, mm-hmm. and then how do you navigate like newer friendships? I don't know how old this other friendship is, where you had right. the like altercation or however you want to phrase it Mm -hmm. what's your advice for navigating it Mm. (laughs) take all the time you need I know I'm just like there's things are flooding through my head and I think I'm feeling some (laughs) resistance to the word advice okay like I don't know if I'm the one to give advice about this but like I have thoughts and ideas (laughs) share it share it this isn't a professional podcast you know um, we're having this is a this is a recording of our friendship hangout <laughs> conversation. <laughs> I love it. So <clears throat> the first thing that comes to mind in terms of like how have I fostered or nurtured relationships is that I do really value them, so I put mm-hmm. time in. Yeah. Like I don't let a whole lot of time go by where we're not like, hey. Right. And one of the ways that um, my sweet friend that was very loving with me today, mm-hmm. one of the ways that we've recently reconnected is we started doing weekly FaceTime videos together because we weren't seeing each other through most of COVID. Um, and then, you know, just kind of getting back into like, okay, back daughter's back at school and we're (laughs) like, we're working and like, and it was just like, we felt so disconnected. And so we started doing these weekly FaceTime videos on Sundays, uh, not videos, but you know, FaceTime calls. Mm -hmm. It just immediately deepened because we were having regular connection right. where like I was starting to feel the rhythm and pace of her life and mm. what the day to day and week to week. And uh, we're actually all her and her daughter and I are all taking a trip together this weekend. It's oh, our yay. first girls trip ever. Oh. Her daughter is 14. I get to be auntie and taking them, you know, to a place that my girlfriend's never been before. And anyway, so having time mm-hmm. committed to staying connected. 
you know. Yeah. And it comes from a true desire of wanting to have connection with her. Right. So I'm not saying like a scripted thing, but like no, a no, true no, totally. desire yeah. and like just putting time in and like most of there's like a few women that are really, really close mm-hmm. with me that were really close. Right. And I would say there's daily texting or yeah. every couple days texting or like a week FaceTime mm-hmm. and then hangouts as possible as much as possible so right. for me regular connection really helps foster deepening of relationships okay. so that's just something that I really value in terms of like navigating it over the years you know there were periods of time where this friend and I actually didn't talk like I had a mm-hmm. boyfriend once and her husband and the boyfriend really fell in love and then we broke up and they wanted to keep him and me oh and I was gosh. like you don't get to have us both you yeah. have to pick one and like that's I had a whole thing about it and yeah. so we had some time where we kind of fell out of connection right. around that um, and then when her daughter was really young you know she was very focused on the baby mm-hmm. and like I just wasn't woven into that portion of her life and right. so it's also just been life things and I don't know of why course. we keep coming back other than it seems that we really love each other and the yeah. connection's important and still yeah. relevant and then I have had friendships that have fallen mm-hmm. away or like reorganized sometimes I think about like where in my life does this person belong is a weird word but like what's the best way for us to have a relationship yeah. that feels healthy and nourishing and for some people that actually means further away mm-hmm. and you know as I've gotten to know people and even as you deepen and get to know somebody for me it's like is this someone I want to text every day right and if not they don't have to necessarily go away as if yeah. nothing harmful is happening but right. like where do they belong so like I have yeah. friends where Day hikes and traveling, <laughs> yes, let's do it. Yeah. And then we'll I like have friends where like, it's like, let's, uh, you know, we'll go out to dinner. Yeah. You know, but yeah. we won't necessarily do a road trip together. Right. You know, those are kind of like <laughs> easy ways to talk about it. But then also, yeah. you know, like when I've gone through some challenging times, like last year I, I um, explored my fertility options. I really wanted to have a child yeah. on my own and found out that I couldn't. And mm-hmm. it was very, very difficult. And mm-hmm. there were some friends that, were saying things like, well, you should get a dog. And, or like, and I was like, okay, I love you uh, and I'm not yeah. going to talk to you about the fact yeah. that I just found out I can't have children because there's something yeah. else happening here that's deep, that's like so deep mm-hmm. with like grief and acceptance that like I, I really want something different close to me right now. Of course. So then there was like a little reorganization yeah. of, of like, who oh, was on the inner, yeah. inner circle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. That's... So. What an interesting thing to say. I It's like, it's hard to, like, <laughs> I have, I'm so external of this and, like, the friends that, you know, mm-hmm. said that to you. It's hard not to, like, judge a little bit and be like, I how know. could you say that to someone? She was so well intended. She was trying to fix it. Exactly. Which is a beautiful impulse and just not what I needed at the time. Yeah. Oh, man. So I don't know if that answers the question. I know I kind of went all over the place with it, but... um. And that friend who said that about the dog, like, might come back and be really close again at some no, point of in course. life. Like, who knows, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I yeah. I like connection a lot. Yeah. So I keep myself open for it as long as it feels healthy and nourishing yeah. and aligned. and Not energy sucking. Yeah, or someone who has really, really different values. Right, or yeah. super different lifestyle where you just can't connect. And, yeah. you know, then... I feel like I don't... Life is magical. Things just have a way. Yeah. Oh, I actually agree. Yeah. But I do nourish with time and connection, for sure. Yeah. 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 I I relate. I relate. It's hard to have, like, surface level stuff. I feel like that's something that I need to be, like, a little more... 
like receptive to mm. because like that is how other good things start but it's hard to not just like push it off like right off the bat when I'm like oh man that just felt so like robotic and mm. I didn't like that but it's like not everyone can like just dive right into it right after but it is special when you are able to like recognize that in other people and it mm. also just like you said depends on where your like morals and values like align or don't right yeah right. it's an interesting reflection the man I was talking about earlier that I almost married mm-hmm. that big first love yeah he would say, some people are whales and some people are otters, and it's beautiful. We need them all. Yeah. He and I are whales. We like to dive way <laughs> yeah, down, down deep. <laughs> and the otters are cool to hang out with. I mean, this has nothing to do with otters, but like, because otters stay at the surface. No, that, that, yeah, that's yeah. all I mean. Otters are really cool, actually. I like them a lot from an animal perspective, but from the, from the depths of the water yes. versus hanging out at the surface. Of and course. He used to say, there's whales and there's otters, and we are definitely whales, Elise. And I said, yes, we are. <laughs> Which is beautiful, and sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, can we come up to the surface and yeah. just play around in the sun for a bit? Yeah. <laughs> so let's flip our tails around. <laughs> totally. Oh, that's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. I have a few more questions. Okay, which I, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Tell us about your first heartbreak. I feel like you kind of would you say that was the same one? Yeah, that's interesting. Do you? I feel like my first heartbreak was probably when I was younger, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just because that first time of feeling like disconnection from something that seemed so important. Yeah. But I don't know that I felt it as deeply when I was younger. Like, did it feel big to you when you did first feel it because that was the first time you had experienced it? And then Maybe. now that you have perspective. I think that's what it is. You nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Like, it was a big deal when it first happened because it was like, oh, that's what this feels like. Right. Like loss. This is what loss <laughs> feels like. Or like, yeah. Or like breaking up with someone and then mm-hmm. being angry and then like having, like learning how to yeah. be with someone else's anger. Like, I have a memory of a of a ex-boyfriend like coming and like pounding on my door at my house once. Like, he was so mad that I broke up with him. I'm like, whoa, that was... Yeah. The first time I'd had that experience, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's really unhappy. So I think when I was younger and I was first navigating, you know, quote unquote, falling in love Mm -hmm. and breaking up and Mm -hmm. like the first time I had sex and it was so exciting the first time I had sex, but then like we weren't together and I don't remember being really heartbroken that we weren't together, which is interesting. Yeah. But I think my, I think my first really big heartbreak was probably with that man that I didn't marry, just in terms of like how, um disoriented I felt like I have a distinct Mm. memory of being my mom was like you are coming with me to Washington we are going to see the family get Mm. in the car you know because we just broken up yeah and I didn't want to do anything and she was no we're going um and I remember walking into the health food store up in Washington and just sobbing through the Mm. aisles because I didn't know what to buy (laughs) I mean I did but I was so used to buying food for us or with him in mind or with our routines and rhythms and it was that moment of Mm. like oh shit this hurts so bad like I don't what do I get at the grocery store now you're building a whole new routine yeah it was like so disorienting so that was probably my first really big heartbreak I would say yeah wow but there was many ones along the way you know just like as as I learned more about love and I learned more about depth of connection mm-hmm. and like things happened along the way and yeah but that was a big one yeah I had a boyfriend before him for like 
five or six years and he was such a good man <laughs> and I just could not like line up with him and sometimes I okay. wished that I had I, I, I sometimes wonder like what would my life be like if I stuck with him you know what do you feel you were aligning on I think that I mean we had like completely different political views okay. he was a dad already he had kids mm-hmm. really young and I was in my 20s and so like I was in a co-parenting role at 21 yeah. which is pretty young that's a lot to navigate and I rocked yeah. it I, I think yeah. I did good and yeah. I was studying child development to you know get my I was going yeah. into education at that time and so yeah. I was very used to being around children mm-hmm. and but it was kind of a lot as a 21 year old and I um had actually just started exploring dance okay. and I was starting to perform and I was training in dance and I had like discovered the whole like California, Oregon, West Coast like festival scene. Yeah. And I just wanted to play, you know? <laughs> and so this like super stable, really grounded, like you don't have to work, like focus on school, like what a gift. But I was 21, you know? And so I think maybe just lifetiming, like if I had circled around with him at a different time, perhaps. Yeah. Are you still in touch with him? No. We did for quite a while, and I, I stayed in touch with his kiddos, and yeah. but he is married now to somebody, and mm-hmm. so he's really focused on that life, and yeah. I appreciate that and yeah. love that for him. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it's a funny thing to, like, navigate. I, I think about this a lot, not that I want it to sound like I'm always, ah, uh, anxiety is anxiety, but I'm mm-hmm. not always thinking of what I'm about to share in a way that's, like, catastrophic and, like, really, really sad. I just wonder, I guess the reflection would be for the, like, relationship I'm currently in, like, okay, if things for whatever reason didn't work out, which my perspective is not that right now, but there's, Mm -hmm. like, I guess always that possibility, whether it's a probability thing or just whatever happens moving along, you know, like, how you navigate, like, staying in connection as you get older when it was something, like, it was someone you were with at some point that you really felt like was the one, Mm. And you both have to move on, and it's like, oh, how do you keep each other in one another's lives without crossing boundaries and that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I think about that way too much. Which, well, not way too much. Like, I'm not every day. I'm like, oh my god, what if it doesn't work out? It's like not that kind of thing. Right. It's more like, oh, how do you like, how do you keep people in your life? Like, I don't even want to apply that directly to the relationship I'm in right now. But like, how would I have kept ex boyfriends <laughs> in my life? Mm-hmm. And, like, not had it be weird, or not have it be weird. I guess it probably depends on the way your relationship was and how it ended. Would you say that's, like, Mm. that resonates? Or how have you been, how do you navigate that with people you do stay in connection Mm -hmm. with? Well, I've had some partners that I am still in connection with. Mm -hmm. I have some that I'm not. Right. And I think it, I think that there's been multiple factors, Mm. but it's all been determined after time. Okay. Like time apart, time for sure. apart to like heal yeah. the breakup, and like there was one man I was with, so so sweet. He was he's such a sweet man, and I ran into him downtown like a couple of months ago. And he was out to dinner, and I was out with a girlfriend, and I spot we spotted each other, and I went over and said hi, and <laughs> you know we talked for a while, and he just did what he always does, just super present and really calm, and mm. and then like he came over to the table with my friend and I, and said, I just had a delicious dessert. I would like to buy one for you. And I was oh. like, oh, thank you. And like, he waited until it was delivered and we had the first bite and we yeah. got to be like, oh my gosh, it was so good. Thank you. Like, that was so yeah. sweet. Yeah. But we don't text each other. We don't call each other. Right. We don't, 
you know, I think, but if we see each other, it's like that. It's mm-hmm. super sweet. The man I almost married, we do text and call each other, but sporadically, yeah. once a yeah. month, once every couple months, or yeah. like, it's been a while, how are you? Or, oh, I, I saw this, I heard this song <laughs> and thought of you, or, Aww. you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And then, like, the other man I was with, his wife is not comfortable with him having connection right. with me, and he yeah. and I really honor that that's his mm-hmm. relationship. And then I have one ex-partner where it was just such a painful breakup that mm. I cannot see him or interact with him. Yeah. I, it's too painful. Right. Like, it, did, it, it hit... It affected me on some level where yeah. I just have no interest. Yeah. So. It just depends. Yeah. <laughs> and I will, I mean, I've never been married, so I've been in a lot of short, like, two to five-year relationships, you know, from my 20s until mm-hmm. now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't been with a ton of people, but I've had, you know, a handful of experiences yeah. with, yeah. like, living with partners and people. I, almost every man I've lived with has children, so I've always yeah. been in kind of a co-parent or at least, like, girlfriend to the dad mm-hmm. type of situation and so yeah I've been just in and out of a handful of those over the years yeah I love talking about this with my stepmom I don't refer to her as my stepmom but that her and I always giggle about that (laughs) it's just like how I don't refer to my stepdad as my stepdad but like you know how I explain the like family dynamic I guess and Mm. her and I I've asked her a few times like you know what was that like when you first met me and Asher my little brother when you and, like, dad had first started dating and, like, what that experience is like. And it's, like, it's so personal with her because we are close. But I want to know what your experience Mm. has been like throughout the years. Like, with your, you know, you're saying with the different relationships where they did have kids. Like, Mm. have you ever had, like, the rocky relationship with the partner's kid? Or was it always, like, an easy thing to navigate? Or Mm. did it find its balance? Like, how has that been? Yeah. Well, that is really personal. So it is very personal. I don't, I don't mind sharing. Um, I really loved, I I mean, I love children and I think part of why I fell in love with the men was because of who they were as dads was Mm -hmm. really attractive to me. There's just something about that. And because I was an educator and I've, you know, been around children a lot, I felt like, oh, of course I would be with someone who has kids (laughs) because I love kids, you know? Um, it hasn't necessarily always been easy. And I think the way that I have navigated it, let's see, I've, I've been in one, two, three relationships with men who have children, young children, like five, yeah. seven, yeah. nine, five and seven with my first partner, nine, and then like seven or eight. Okay. I don't assume that I'm going to become a parental figure. Yeah. I let them take the lead. In the how kids they want or it. the partner? The partner, but, and, but the child. Yeah. I mean, the partner first. Right. But then the child as well. Like, I just don't go in like, hi, I'm so happy to meet you. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I'm I, like a neutral presence. Yeah, I let them can. come to me and yeah. kind of as, like let them decide yeah. what they want in Aww. terms of connection. That's special. One of my partners, his ex did not like me. She was like really intense with me. And so he did a lot of like protection and navigating that. Yeah. And then, of course, when he and I broke up, she was like, why did she leave? She was the best ever. She's great to our kids. And I was like, why weren't you nice to me when we were together? (laughs) But that didn't super impact us, you know, because he held good boundaries with Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And then the man that I was going to marry, I... I think I wanted to be more parental and I I may have overstepped a couple of times, Mm. you know, thinking that something different, I had an idea about what I thought his child should be experiencing, which overrode him as a parent, which was not good for our relationship. Mm -hmm. 
So that didn't go well <laughs> a couple times. But he was great at saying, hey, this, you know, you're, I want like, you to have my back. Yeah. And it was hard, though. It was hard because I wanted to have his back and just be like, you're my partner. I'm yeah. here with you. Yeah. But I had a relationship with his son, too. Right. And, you know, I, I ended up not being a mom. And I just think that you don't. It's for me when I was at that age, it was like I had all these really strong ideas about mm-hmm. what I would do if it was my child, but it wasn't my child. Right, and yeah, I'm that's and, hard. and I'm not a mom and I don't know what it would feel like if it was actually my child. Like the the, the felt thing of like gotcha. your heart being literally yeah. in this other in the world, being. Yeah. <laughs> I can intellectualize around it, but I haven't experienced it. Ugh, yeah. So I think that that was probably the the hardest. Mm. It's like I wanted the parenting to go a little bit more like the imaginary <laughs> idea I had of the parent I would be. Yeah. And it did create a little bit of conflict sometimes yeah. between us. Uh, emotions get in the way. And like you said, I mean, I know the way you illustrated it or described it, your direct heart isn't like within the child, but like you do grow to like love them. Totally. And, like that's a complicated thing to navigate because then emotions are tied into it. You can't mm. be objective to it after a certain point yeah yeah and then when the breakups happen it's like oh and then the kids the kids the whole family is like the loss of family i know yeah that's been hard but But something i like i also just trust it i'm like oh we had that experience and i hope that like they they influenced me and i influenced them yeah like we were like a part of each other in some way yeah yeah i love thinking about that like back to i don't want to filter myself but it's just for, like, you know, other people's sake. So I guess I'll keep, like, the first part of it vague, but the woman that my dad was with after he and my mom split up, they were together for, like, eight or nine years, and Mm. I feel that she really impacted me as a child, and I remember, like, being devastated when I was first able to, like, really conceptualize, like, oh, she and my dad aren't together anymore. Like, Mm. that's such a weird dynamic because it's... She's not my mom, but she had that maternal energy and like we would, you know, go see him on the weekends and uh, or every other weekend and she would be there and had that mom role. Yeah. I, I think about her a lot and I haven't like <laughs> really deep dove into it much more. Maybe that's the next thing I need to start journaling about. Mm. Sometimes I hit a little rut and then I'm like, oh, what do I want to explore now? But yeah, it's, I, I like hearing your perspective on it and what that was like for you throughout mm. the different relationships and makes me wonder how I should explore that from like the child's standpoint, yeah. you know? Like I, I wonder like what's going on. Like I think the last thing I heard, she has like a kid or two and mm. I think she's still in like my home county and I just hope the best for her. And it's like, you know, fun to think about and yeah, love is a funny thing. I know, right? <laughs> It shows up in so many different yeah. ways and so many different kinds of relationships. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, it's of nice course. to hear your experience. And, <laughs> I mean, I try to think about the children's experience, but I haven't thought, like, what is it like for them as adults? Like, what are they, like, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually had a dream last night that I ran into one of my exes and his kids, and oh I haven't, gosh. and the kids were really warm and excited to see mm. me, and it felt very familiar, and it was really sweet. Oh. I know. <laughs> well, that's so special to think about. Yeah, but to just think about yeah. the kids and, yeah. like, their experience. So. Yeah. I'm, I would love to hear if you end up, whatever you discover, yeah. like if you reach out to her or I don't know, whatever. I would love yeah. to hear what you explore what, what if you want to share. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 I'll let you know. 
kid perspective. Every now and then I'll like, it'll resurface and I like have no clue where to even begin, you know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> but it is like nice to reflect on. Like she, she was there at a, like at a crucial time, I'd say. And my parents had me and my little brother so young too that mm. I think it was an interesting thing that was probably hard for both of them to navigate as like single parents certainly for my mom mm -hmm. and I don't know my dad and I don't really talk about it but I'm sure if I asked him like we totally could yeah. he might listen to this at some point I know he's like starting to catch up and like text me about it he was Aww. like oh I'm so excited to like continue to listen to your podcast and like feel like I'm hanging out with you especially while you travel oh yay dad yay <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting to explore that and mm. yeah anyways I'm going in circles now cool <laughs> I have one last question <laughs> okay what advice would you give your 24-year-old self? Oh my goodness. What <laughs> advice would I give my 24-year-old self? Where was Elise at at 24? What was she doing? I was belly dancing. Yeah. I think when I was 24, I was belly dancing. I had my Volkswagen Vanagon Westphalia. And I yes. was traveling all over, pulling over and sleeping <laughs> in my van. What would I tell... Okay, what was the question again? Sorry, I got lost in that. No, you're fine. <laughs> 24 like, remembering land. it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 24 land! <laughs> um, what advice would you give 24-year-old self? I think I would say, like, say yes a lot. Okay. Try not to take too many things too seriously. Like, some things need to be taken seriously, but, like, I took a lot of shit seriously. I was like, <laughs> did I need to do that? <laughs> like, I remember when I left one of my jobs, and I was like, oh, it was... I didn't appreciate it when I had it. You know, like when I'm in something, it was like, oh, it was so hard. Yeah. And then yeah. I left and I was like, that was really cool. I didn't see it when I was in it. So like, I think yeah. just having, like taking things less seriously so I could be like more present in the moment. Right. And then I think the last thing I would say to my 24 year old self is to just like that grace and compassion I was talking about, like okay. wanting to have in relationships now at this time of my life of like really holding that for myself as mm. I like learned and you know, I had some hard experiences as a childhood and I had things that... Yeah you know, in my 20s and early 30s, I was learning about and, you know, eager to heal and fix and understand and, you know, just to, have, to bring a lot of compassion to those parts of yeah. us as they emerge, because I think things emerge as time goes on. And mm -hmm. I have a new experience of things emerging now, you know, not being a mom and not, you know, my parents aging. And there's all these, other, like, there's always things emerging. Yeah. So, grace and compassion. Grace and compassion. Don't take things seriously. And yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you. When I really... I've noticed when I am interviewing someone that I, like, really look up to, mm. I want to ask them that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Mm. <laughs> I look up to you, too. Oh, what? <laughs> 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 Yeah, when I found out how old you were, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> she's going to be like a force in the world. Oh. There's like, because you are who you are at this time in your life and like so much more to come for you to get to share. And yeah, I feel so grateful that you found the studio and mm. came into my life and I'm so excited for your travels and I <laughs> want to put you in my pocket so you don't leave at the same time. <laughs> So I'm super excited to see oh. what comes next for you. We'll always be in touch. I know I told I you that know. last time we were talking. I was like sobbing in the studio. Was this after a Monday night class or maybe a Thursday class? One, one of them. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I just, uh, it's so weird how much more, like, for sureness I've been feeling lately, mm. specifically in people, with my own decisions too, but there are just, when I recognize, like, this person will always be in my life, it, it just feels so, like, strong in here, mm. from the front too, which is interesting. Mm. I feel like that might be more natural in the back, but yeah, it's just, like, so, like, cemented in here, not in a rigid way, just in, like, a, oh, I know it's there, it's always there, that's they're beautiful. always there, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. It reminds me, may I share a story from when oh, yeah. I was a preschool educator? Yes, of course. So there was this child that I'd been with since she was 10 months old, and we mm. did a continuity of care. So that means we would move up with the children so that That's, they would have at least yeah. one educator that had their history, and then we'd like configure new teams. And she was four going away, like was not going to be in my classroom anymore. So okay. 10 months till almost four. And... I was like, Elise, you're an educator. Like, it is not... And there was just something about this child. We had a really, really special connection. And I remember her saying to me once, I said nothing to her about her leaving the classroom. And she just came up and she goes, Elise, (laughs) you'll always be a part of me and I'll always be a part of you because we're in each other's hearts. (laughs) And I was like, you wise being, thank you. And I was like, don't cry while you're in the classroom. (laughs) So, there's that. Right. I relate to her. Yeah. Whatever her name was, I relate to that four-year-old. Mm. That's so true. Yeah. Kids are a lot wiser than I think a lot of They're society amazing. gives them credit. They're amazing. <laughs> They're amazing. They're unfiltered. They're yeah. total total discovery of the world. They're yeah. open and uninhibited. It's like, children are amazing. I, I want them to stay like that forever. I know. I know. <laughs> So I became an educator. Of course, of course. <laughs> but here we are. We're unfiltered and unedited. And yeah. Still exploring the world. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. When you find other awesome people like you, it feels a lot more easy to navigate those waters. Mm. So thank you for that. You're welcome. It's such a joy to know you. Thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. We went down the rabbit hole of all sorts of interesting things. I don't even know what I said anymore. It's like a really good dance. When you're done, you're like, what just happened? Yeah. Who knows? But my thighs are shaking, so it must have been good. (laughs) It's like that. Oh, yes. My heart's vibrating, so it must have been good. Oh, Thank you, Kaylin. Of course. Well, that was our organic closing thoughts together so i think this is a good closing spot okay thank you everyone for tuning in this week whichever week i decide to put this out this was elise apostolos is it okay that i said your last name Mm -hmm. okay i was like yeah yeah this was her and all of her glory (laughs) thank you of course goodbye everybody bye drive safe good night